one sat alone beside the highway begging his eyes were blind the light he could not see he clutched his old rags and shivered in the shadows then jesus came and bade his darkness flee it's time to open the word once again with evangelist lester roloff on the family altar program for all is changed when jesus comes to stay turn with me please to the third book of the bible for the most unusual text it's an impossible text there's no way for me to practice this text it stretches me further than i can go unless i have some divine help this has been the generation of love and peace smile god loves you the symbol of peace and all the rest of it the um, inverted cross and all the rest of it love has come to be lust and immorality therefore it won't last marriages break down when they're built on lust instead of love a little couple court for a few weeks and said i don't believe we could live without each other they lived together three weeks and said, I don't believe we can live with each other. You know why? It wasn't love. It was lust. And with television and rock and roll and the newspapers and pornography and filth and sex education, we've lost a generation of people so far as morals are concerned. Old-fashioned dress standards and separation and dedication, it's a thing of the past. And yet, have your Bible. I've been reading through the book of Exodus, or rather Leviticus this morning, and I want to call your attention to chapter 19. Now, we're living in the generation that says that um, if you just live with the golden rule, you'll go to heaven. I've had many people say, you know what my religion is? It's the Masons, or it's the golden rule. Masons can't save you. The Bible didn't say believe on the Masons and be saved. It's not the Catholic Church or Baptist Church or the baptismal water. Uh, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And I'm afraid that maybe we're living in a time of such unbelief until people, when they see the real thing, they rebel. In the 19th chapter of the book of Leviticus, you find one word 15 times. The Lord. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. Fifteen times he announced his identity. He said, I'm the Lord. Do what I tell you to do. Get my statutes, judgments. Uh, um, my test, I'm the Lord. Uh, in other words, the Lord was preaching the lordship of the Lord. And he has every right to do that. He owns this ranch. He owns you and me. Every breath you draw, he gives you. He cuts your breath off just like that. Every time you breathe, somebody stops breathing. More young people are dying OD today than have died in all the wars put together. I read again this week of the young people, the young people that die because of alcohol every year, the ones that are murdered on the highways every year. Now then, I want to call your attention to 19th chapter and the 18th verse. Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but... 
Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I'm the Lord. Well, I'm glad he put that because no way for me to love anybody like I love me except for the Lord. I was born in love with me. Didn't have much to love, but I mean I was. And you might as well admit it. You're just as guilty as I am because I was born in iniquity and in sin that my mother conceived me. I was born crooked. And that's what the psychiatrist doesn't understand. Therefore, he doesn't understand why young people do what they do. He doesn't understand why they're so warped and crooked and depraved and why they won't mind and disobedient and run away and rather live in a, in, a, in a cesspool of sin and a hippie hive and a dope dive than to live in a clean, nice home. See? He doesn't understand that. Oh, he calls them schizophrenic and he calls them, he said they have a dual personality and all that. No, they don't. Till they get saved, they just got one. I never did have one personality until I got saved. When I got saved, I got me another one. I got me a good one. That first one I had was mean. I, I told them down, they laughed at me. I said, people talk about cholesterol. I said, lesterol is what bothers me. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had a heap of trouble with lesterol. <laughs> I've been full of it. I mean, it's a, it's a disease of the heart. It really is. <laughs> lesterol, or whatever your name is, bud, I tell you, you'll have... Well, you know, people kind of get disappointed when they get saved. They think the next morning the flesh is going to be gone somewhere and disappeared. Yeah. The flesh will wake them up in the morning. Yeah. Flesh beat them up. Yeah. They said, man, I, I feel just like I felt yesterday. Man, I got saved last night, and here the flesh is telling me so-and-so today. Listen, make up your mind. You're going to live in the flesh until you die. Now, you don't have to be a servant of the flesh. You see, whichever one you feed the most, the dog you feed the most, that's the one that's going to win in the fight. That's the reason we don't have television. You're feeding the wrong dog. That's the reason we don't have rock and roll. That's the reason we don't have pornography, newspapers, and a bunch of magazines with a bunch of filthy pictures. And that's the reason we make our girls dress right and our boys look like gentlemen. There they are over there. How many of you boys you think you'd be in prison today if you were not here? Stand up. You think you'd be in prison today? That's where you're going. Man, I'd rather be here than in prison, hadn't you? Amen. Got a little old wife sitting there. Expecting the family. Isn't that good? I know one thing. Boy, it's a miracle. We still got you. But I, tell, I believe it's working out. Got his wife, two children. I tell you, this is the land of miracles. Isn't it? Can you imagine all the miracles right over there in those boys that were in trouble with the law and criminals and yet Christ has solved the problem. The text, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now look at another verse. Look at another verse. Chapter, same chapter, verse 34. But the stranger that dwelleth with you shall be unto you as one born among you, and thou shalt love him as thyself. For you were strangers one time in the land. Can you imagine that? Can you He tells me a stranger comes and knocks on my door. I said, who is it? And brother, it's pretty safe to ask who it is now. Used to, we could say, come on in. Didn't care who it was. But not anymore. But I said, well, come on in. We'll talk. And he said, I'm a stranger. I'm passing through. Need a place to lodge. I said, all right. And then the Lord comes along and said, have you ever known him before? And I said, never saw him before in my life. He said, I want to give you some good news. You're to love him just like you love yourself. Listen, I'm giving you something that I hope will challenge your spiritual imagination. That's the third book in the Bible. There is no first chapter of 
uh, uh, the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians written. There is no John 3.16. There is no fullness of the Holy Spirit. There is no Bible. That's only three books. They couldn't have had over five books of the Bible at that time. And they were called the law, the Pentateuch, the five books of the law that Moses got on Mount Sinai while he thundered and lightened and came back down uh, the mountain. Listen, this is the third book in the Bible and God is saying, love your neighbor as you said. Now then, Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. As you would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. That's all they had at that time. They had law. And listen, as you would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. Now it's going to take one thing to get it done. And that's love. That's love. Did you know that no baby was ever born with love? Can you imagine? Oh, I know you say, isn't he a lovely doll? Isn't that a doll? Isn't that... Huh? But he doesn't have any love. Again, all he wants is attention. Two o'clock in the morning, <laughs> get up. Huh? Isn't that the way little babies are? That's where mine were. We got one of our own. We adopted one. She's the same way. And uh, I didn't ever teach him to lie, but both of them were past masters at it. Oh, little Elizabeth Ann, the most angelic little girl I've ever seen in my life. And she, she really still is. She, she's a lovely daughter. And Pam, I love them both so good. And uh, they've been such a joy. But walk in. I wasn't expected to be coming. I just came oh, out on uh, at the house and little old Elizabeth Ann was in there. And she had every dresser drawer open. All of them pulled out. She was making a thorough examination of everything in her mother's bedroom. And, she was go and it was laying everywhere. She heard her daddy's number 10s come walking across the floor and she said oh me she went over to the window where the Venetian blinds were and I can see her now and she had the most heavenly glow <laughs> on that little face you've ever seen she was just beholding the beauty of nature and the sunshine <laughs> I looked at all the floor I said Elizabeth Ann what are you doing nothing <laughs> no Except lying. Right. See, she didn't. She didn't know that Dad had enough sense to know she's meddling all over the house. Folks, you got to face your problem. It starts nine months before you're born. Now, if you get that figured out, because the Bible says we're born of sinners. That's the reason every parent ought to become a Christian, and then that gives the child a good start. See. The mother has supernatural love. The daddy has supernatural love. Then they don't want any abortion. They don't want to kill the baby. I mean, that's like old Fario. And I believe we got a Fario government today. DHR department. Amen. Welfare department. Taking my money and killing babies. I don't believe in it. It's murder. I'll never vote for anybody that'll vote for killing babies. When I was born, everybody thought God sent them. Oh, they said, the Lord has given you another little boy, Ms. Roland. Yeah, I'm so glad. You want to keep him? Keep him. Listen, my mother get on fighting. I guess I do. The Lord sent him to me. Little old Lester's going to be something one of these days. You know, she didn't know what, but I mean, she's praying, you know. Well, I'm talking with you about love. We got a generation of young people. They sit in the office. They've lived in sin. This is the shacking up age. They call it love. They call it free love. Ain't no such thing as free love. That's right. Unless you get God's love. 
Man's free love is free lust. It'll ruin you. The wages of sin. Little girl said in and said, I have a permit to do what I've been doing. I said, what? I said, where'd you get it? From God. He made me like this. And the psychiatrist said that I was to do whatever I felt like I wanted to do was pleasing to me. That'll kill you. The wages of sin is death. Oh, the loneliness of sin. Go through the Bible. Look at the young people. One of them just died. Just a 15-year-old boy. His mother said to me, Brother Olaf, he took dope and OD'd and went out. Oh, I tell you, young people, you need to get a hold of the love of God. It's free. It's a gift. And I must hurry and give you what I want to say about it. What is love? Well, let me, first of all, it's not lust. It's um, not the flesh. It's not a good feeling. Uh, it's not um, doing what you want to do. Love is doing what you ought to do. Now, let me ask you this. What does love do? Actually, if it's real, how can I tell if my love is real? Well, I, if you'll read this afternoon, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Love suffereth long and is kind. You know, every time I read that, I could just put my mother's name in there and that'd pretty well fit because that's what she did. Oh, listen, and I hope I'll get around to that in a moment, but love gives and love lives. And love sins and love satisfies and love is so and love sings. Nobody ever sings right till they love right. These little old silly love ditties they got today uh, that, you know, this uh, fellow that just got shot he was an advocate of um, free love and all the rest of it. But he was also an advocate of dope and psychedelic drugs, LSD, acid. Dear, now then they've got out a tremendous, oh, they said we're going to get rid of these handguns now. Get, let me tell you something. Your psychedelic drugs and your acid and your marijuana, 15 tons of marijuana came in yesterday. You know what? That makes prostitutes out of little girls. The sorriest man or boy on the face of this earth is the one that gets a little 12 or 13-year-old girl hooked on drugs. What did the little girl say right here? 13 years of age. What did she say to him when he stood right here and said, how many were prostitutes? Hands went up everywhere. He looked at a little girl, not big enough really, to put on her full dress clothes hardly. I mean, the little thing so small and, and yet so beautiful and her little eyes were sparkling for the first time in her life. And he said, listen, honey, you don't look like you could ever be anybody like that. She said, you didn't see me when I came in. He said, why did you get on the street and resort to such a practice? And she said, it's the only way I could get my drugs. I was too young to get a job. That's all I knew to do. Men, you think of vultures. You think of vultures. That's all they are. They're not men, they're vultures. They're savages. Let me tell you something. The fellas that were hauling 15 tons of marijuana, you think of the damn. You know why they did it? Money. Money. But I'm talking about love. It uh, satisfies. It's a sign that you're saved. The best way on earth you can tell whether I'm saved or not is if I love everybody. I mean, I, I, I just love everybody. Love the wicked. Love the people. that Love. By this shall all men know that you might decide how to love one for another. You know when they were dying in the Roman arena, sort of like a big football stadium, they were throwing them out to the lions and they were feeding them to the flames and, and uh, the Christians were shouting and singing and going into the presence of God. 
on flames of fire and down the avenue of an old lion's mouth and their body be torn. They were singing, Oh, how I love Jesus. And, and, the, and they, they were waving goodbye and they hooked into the presence of God. And the people up yonder, a bunch of heathens and pagans, sort of like the American people, they said, Behold, how they love one another. Oh, listen. They were having a love feast. They were having a spiritual love-in while they were going in to meet the Lord. That's love. Oh, you'd say, Brother Wolof, what is real love? Well, what it'll do? It'll sing. It'll sing. It'll make you love strangers like you love yourself. It'll make you love your neighbor. Love will sow. Love will suffer. Love will sacrifice. And love is the main stock in trade for a Christian. You say, what you got to work with, love? You know why God blesses the work here? We got Christians who love folk. I went through the book of Proverbs again this morning, reading the verses. And I read where, whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth. Whom the Lord loveth, he chaste, scourgeth every son that he has. And, uh, when the Bible says that um, if you hate your son, or, or you won't chase him, you won't correct him. But he said, if you love him, you do it betimes, that's many times, whatever the need is. Last night, I looked out and watched a little girl. And I tell you, she was a pitiful-looking little girl. She sat like this. I mean, you heard me say, looked like death warmed over. That little old thing was so lonely. I could hardly wait till I got through the service, and I was going to go down. I didn't get a chance. The Lord beat me to her, and she wound up in the altar. I don't know what her problems were. I just know she was so burdened, looked so lonely. That old thing looked like her mind was a thousand miles away from here. Let me tell you something. You'll never be satisfied feeding on the husks of the world. The prodigal son was never happy. Even while he was spending his money or in the hog pen, he was happy when he got home and the father ran to meet him. You say, what is love? Well, I believe the greatest picture of love, and with this I'll have to close, is Calvary. There wasn't many friends there. There wasn't any lawyers that represented him. Read again and quoted again, Isaiah 53 this morning. Who hath believed our report? To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? He'll grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of a dry and no form, no comelessness. And uh, there's no beauty that we should desire him. Despite rejected the man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. We hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, we esteemed him not. That's the way the world is today. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was on him. And with his stripes we're healed. All we like, how many of us? All of us. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. You know, how many, how many did he die for? All of them. How many went astray? All of them. And so to me, when Jesus came to the cross, you know how many people were there? Well, maybe I started to say two and a half. There was John and his mother, and Simon Peter. He was about a half. Bless his heart. He stood over there and warmed at the devil's fire, and he glanced and he looked at him. He would, and they came up and said, Hey, I believe you were with him. He said, No, I wasn't. He denied him. Oh, they said second time, You know, little old mate said, You know that you would. I never knew him. And he denied him. Folks, Jesus had practically no help when he came to the cross. There wasn't any doctor. There wasn't any nurse. There wasn't any first aid kit. There wasn't even a glass of water. Though he caused every river to run, every spring to flow, every cloud to burst with refreshing, but none would burst on him. Talk about love. That's love. I mean, you, you say, those nails, 
and kept him on. Oh, no, they didn't. Love kept him on the cross. Why, he could have torn his hands out, taken the cross, and debrained everybody around the cross. He could have killed everyone. He could have spoken a word. Every one of them would have failed dead. But he didn't. Love held him to the cross. I've been thinking this morning of a song that goes like this. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and it reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pair bowed down with care. God gave His Son to win His erring child. He reconciled and pardoned from His sin. You know, the last stanza was found on the lonely cell of an insane institution. They said the fellow in there is crazy. He's crazy. The man's demented. But after his friend, Death, came along to pick him up, they found these words on the wall. And brother, it doesn't sound to me like he was too crazy. Could we with ink the ocean fill and were the skies of parchment made were every stop on earth a quail and every man a scribe by trade to write the love of God above would drain the whole ocean dry. Nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. Hold up of God, how rich and Thank you for joining us today on the Family Altar Program with Lester Roloff.